What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Mid-round picks, they could make or break your team. Last year, maybe you took Kyler Murray in round six, or maybe you got a little luckier and he was round seven. Justin Jefferson, you got even later than that. Uh, There were plenty of good ones. Kareem Hunt was a mid-round pick in a lot of leagues, and these are important, important picks that have big-time upside in a lot of cases. We welcome you to the show. We're talking about our favorite mid-round picks uh, going into the 2021 season. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, and Heath Cummings on Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Getting ready for what should hopefully be a great weekend. Weather's nice. Yeah, Dave, I'm fired up. Mid-round yeah. picks. Woo! Nothing Nothing associates like the start of the weekend, like mid-round picks <laughs> in a fantasy football draft that's several months away. Yeah, I don't know. Heath, um, I'm just in a good mood, man. I'm just. I'm just really excited for the weekend. Oh, I think, I mean, everybody's working for the weekend. That's right. And um, Ben Schrager has no idea what you're talking about, by the way. I have two slabs of ribs and about four pounds of wings sitting downstairs just waiting for this podcast to conclude. And then I'm going to put them on the smoker and I'm probably going to open a beer and it's going to be the weekend. There's no way way you're going to be able to eat all that food, Heath. It sounds like too much. So you know what? I I will be the kind, friendly coworker to come over and help you out with that over the weekend. I'll be there with time, like maybe like Friday at noon, Saturday. (laughs) I'm just going to come over Friday at noon and just stay parked in your driveway until they're done. We got a few quick, uh, quick news items. Also, this is a mailbag. Apple Podcast Reviews and your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Miami signed Jason McCourty. Cornerback Jason McCourty released Bobby McCain, starting safety from last year. Uh, Detroit signed center Frank Ragnow to a four-year contract extension. He's now the highest-paid center in the league, $54 million extension. They were 13th in run blocking last year and 9th in pass blocking, according to PFF, and they added Penny Sewell with the 7th pick. So you might have a good offensive line in Detroit. When was the last time we said that? And they also signed tight end Darren Fells, which does not have a lot of fantasy impact. In fact, none of those items do, so we will... I, I mean, think Fells can block, though. That's great. So I think what they're going to do blocking. is like they're going to line up Goff and Swift and uh, nine blockers <laughs> with them and just run every single play. If you are 1930s football all over again, um, yeah. I do. I do think we didn't say enough. Like when they dropped Carry on Johnson, 
I um, didn't make a big enough deal about what it means for Jamal Williams. And I think he's probably a good flex now. Um, there's always PBR. been two running backs in in this system. And it, that sounds bad for DeAndre Swift. It's not. The Chargers have always just given more running touches to running backs than any other team. And so I think Jamal Williams could have a role similar or slightly elevated from what last year was. 10 to 12 touches a game, Heath? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, 100 and... 170 to 190 ish for the season. Yeah. That's, yeah, and then that, there's, that's there could be stuff. Yeah. And there could be a game or two that Swift misses. Hopefully I'm dead wrong on that. Swift plays all 17 and, and Jamal Williams, if he has the opportunity to start, could be very good behind that offensive line. He's not a bad running back. He really isn't. So there, there's a very good opportunity for him to be a healthy contributor. He's one of the guys that I think should be in that mix with Pollard, Madison, uh, guys that you're going to draft is like handcuffish. I think he's right there with them. And that's usually late middle to late picks. So he, not quite somebody we should talk about on this pod. He's definitely going to go after those guys. And mm-hmm. my estimation, I'm looking at NFC ADP and the two drafts that have been done since May 1st. <laughs> and he is directly behind Latavius Murray, which I think is a fantastic. I mean, we saw what Latavius Murray did last year when Alan Kamara got hurt and he gets often right around 10 to 12 touches. Now, I think Williams will be more in the passing games. He'll be possibly more valuable in, in the type in PPR leagues than Murray. But they're both going with the first two picks of round 11. Yeah, uh, Jamal Williams, by the way, has... He has been good when he's stepped into Aaron Jones's role. You know, uh, thankfully, it wasn't very often. But he has 500 carries, and he has four of them for more than 20 yards. So he is what he is. He's not an explosive player. I just I like that stat because Aaron what? Jones has so many big runs. Like Aaron, Aaron Jones is so much better than Jamal Williams. There we go. That's basically what I was trying to say. Well, the Packers agree with you. So so are all the other running backs you can draft in round eleven. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, that had absolutely nothing to do with fantasy. Uh, um, no, I, mean, I think. Like you started to do that. Remember when you were going to do the started fantasy points set? I'm still, it's still on the back burner. I, I think we should just uh, leave it on the back burner. I, yeah, no, right. I'm halfway through. I, I, I am, I am halfway the, through uh, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. I'm doing them all at the same time. I'm halfway through. It will be done sometime in by the end of the I May. have a more urgent Azer stat yeah. that I think will, could actually catch on. Mm hmm. I need some sort of explosive rating for running backs where they get points for what percentage of their runs were at least 20 yards. I think it's an important stat. It's why well, that's why I'm, but I, but yeah. I don't know when you tell me that a running back has four out of 500. Oh yeah. How many does the average running back have every hundred attempts? I don't know. That's a good question. I guess that's not hard to figure out. The problem with it is uh, sometimes, you know, you get a running back that has one good year and then you don't, it's not necessarily predictive of the next year but I th- it's huge if you can get big plays because it makes them a little bit less bust proof week to week it's why i love nick chubb so much because even if he doesn't catch passes if you give him enough carries he's likely to break one of them for a big run uh all right anyway let's move on to our favorite mid-round picks but if you're watching on youtube we want to know your favorite mid-round picks comment right now give us some of your favorite mid-round picks we'll pick out our favorites and discuss them on a future show that's at youtube.com slash fantasy football today uh, if you're if you're watching, please comment favorite mid round pick, and we'll read we'll read some of our favorites later. Okay, uh, Dave, I know you got a bunch of names, so you know, give me give me one or two that you want to start with your favorite mid round picks. I'm going with rounds six through nine. 
in a 12-team league, so that's after pick 60. The next four rounds, six, seven, eight, nine, that's my general definition of a mid-round pick, but it doesn't really matter. Five through 10, whatever you want to do, that range. Go ahead. So I, I always like looking for running backs that are in this range and looking at the ADP. Um, two that stand out to me are guys I just think can be good values, especially in PPR. One is Miles Gaskin, who it looks like is going to be the primary back for the Dolphins. Got to like that fit. The fact that the Dolphins went all offseason and uh, really didn't do a whole lot to transform their run game. Gaskin still feels like the best guy, and he was pretty good last year when given the opportunity. So he's one guy, and the other one is Chase Edmonds, who played less than half of the snaps last year with Kenyon Drake, still had over 850 total yards, still had over 50 catches. I think he gets more playing time with James Conner there this year, and I think he can do better than 850 total yards and should be in position to catch more than 50 passes. So those are two of the running backs that I'm looking at in that mid-round range that I think can be helpful for people who decide to go in different directions with their earlier picks. Yeah, I think like Gaskin and Mike Davis were the two that stood out for me as um, just not belonging where they are. But if you scroll a little bit later, like I, I like Cortland Sutton quite a bit in round seven. Um, I really like... Noah Fant in round nine. James Conner is at the very end of round nine. I don't know why. I I kind of agree with Dave that Chase Edmonds is a pretty good value in round six or seven. I don't know why James Conner would be going two or three rounds later than him. I think it's because people are nervous about him getting back to where he was two seasons ago, three seasons ago in Pittsburgh. But... I, I I understand that where he, there's a, a wide range between where Chase Edmonds has ever been and where he was two or three years ago. Like he could yeah. lose 20% of what he was as a fantasy football asset and still be as valuable or more valuable than Chase Edmonds. He was actually, sure. James Conner was a top 10 running back through week. Well, he got hurt in week one, uh, but at weeks two through eight, he was a top 10 running back. He was getting a lot of work. But you know what happens with him. He gets hurt, and the Steelers abandon the run. They just completely abandon the run. Uh, Heath kind of teased me. And then they abandoned James Conner. Not really. It's not like he got hurt. They he didn't three even games. Try. No, I'm talking about after the season. Oh, oh, oh. It's oh, like they huh. didn't even bother trying to get him back. Well, I don't want to right. give you... away too much of the draft that, that we teased, um, the, May, the magazine draft that we talked about on yesterday's show. But I took James Conner... 59th, and then Chase Edmonds went uh, 73rd overall, I believe. Mm -hmm. So Heath kind of teased me off the air for taking James Conner 59th. (laughs) I would have taken him 62nd, but I thought there was a chance that you might take him because you had the next two picks, and I knew you weren't going to take the other guy I took, which was Hawkinson, so I prioritized Conner there. I'd rather take him in round six. I took him at the very end of round five. I'd like to see him go maybe 10 picks later than where I took him, but I knew I wasn't getting him if I didn't take Connor there. Uh, uh, yeah, so Heath, why did you think that I reached a little bit on Connor, 59th overall? Well, because his ADP is 95th. I don't think there's a chance. The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no chance he's going. Um, it's actually 105th currently. Okay. Um, no, I just, like, when you see James Connor in the fifth round... I can't imagine, which you didn't have a quarterback yet, right? 
No, and that's the one regret. I should have taken a quarterback there. And and I think like that's the point in the draft where we're looking at our favorite running back is James Conner, and our favorite wide receiver is maybe I don't know Chase Claypool. And if any of the Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen group is there, it's time to pounce. Absolutely. Because those guys will make a difference. These other guys, you're just hoping you don't have to start. Connor averaged 13.9 PPR points per game in 2019, 11.7 PPR points per game in 2020. And an offense like Arizona's, I have a hard time believing he's going to be able to average better than either of those two years unless he's scoring a crazy amount of touchdowns. And I guess your argument for Connor is, well, look at what Kenyon Drake just did. Connor can fill that role. Theoretically, it makes sense. Can he stay healthy enough to do that? Was he really good at, at short yardage touchdowns? I think a couple of years ago, he was very good. Now I'm not so sure that he will be. No, you know what? It's going to be all about Kyler. We, well, that's, it is. I think you couldn't ask for a better setup if you want short yardage touchdowns, because Kyler Murray is such a threat that if he just hands the ball to James Connor, and, and, you know, fakes as if yeah. Kyler's keeping it. That's a really know. tough decision for the for the defense. Okay, Kenyon Drake scored 10 touchdowns last year. I think James Conner can... Basically, I don't think they're going to expand Chase Edmonds in the run game that much. That's basically what it comes down to. So I think Conner uh, will have a similar role to Drake's. I feel like there's a wide range of belief about what Kenyon Drake's current and past talent level is. Because for most of their careers, we thought James Conner was a better running back than Kenyon Drake, right? Yes. No, not me. You just thought they were the same? Oh, I've got Conner's numbers. I thought they were in, yeah, I thought they were in a Um, similar. The other thing I was going to say was, and I agree, James Conner is one of, seems to be one of the biggest injury risks at running back. But his lowest touch total over the past three years is 150 touches. Chase Edmonds set a career high with 150 touches last year. Right. We don't know if Chase Edmonds could handle 15 t- touches a game. It, and he's ne- never really been asked to. I think that's also part of the difference between PPR and non-PPR here. Yeah. And that Edmonds, Edmonds' appeal to me is way more so in PPR because I think he's going to be in line to catch those flare outs and screens and stuff like that from Kyler. Whereas Connor probably won't be on the field in obvious passing situations. And I spoke out of turn. I got to give Connor credit. Last year, five of six converting goal line touchdowns or touchdowns i should say inside the three yard line he was three or four on goal line jobs and he was two and four the year before so i i think that's what you're hoping for is that if you draft connor he stays healthy he has a chance to get eight plus touchdowns hopefully you start him on the right weeks when he gets those touchdowns i don't know how much more you can count on from him for now yeah yeah right you need to, you need touchdowns for sure heath moving on who else uh, would you like to talk about uh, I just think one last thing on that. Sure. Um, this whole conversation shows how important it's going to be where his ADP ends up. Because he is a guy that I absolutely love in round nine, and I mocked you mm-hmm. for in round five. So <laughs> what would it take? Round seven? He's not going, I don't think he's going what? to round nine, but I think round seven is, is better. And round five, it, it's a little tricky to say round five because I, it was the very end of round five. To me... It was a round six pick, uh, and I would love to get it. Yes, round seven would make me feel better. I should have absolutely taken Lamar Jackson over him, no, without question. What would it take for you to feel comfortable taking James Conner at 60th overall, Heath? What needs to happen? 
Um, I don't think anything's going to happen. Yeah, maybe after all the ribs and the beer like, and the wings. I mean, Chase Edmonds could get hurt, but I wouldn't <laughs> want that to happen. All right, what let's if there go, were, guys. What if there were really no. glowing reports out of Arizona's training camp that oh, James Conner looked great, and then the fun. preseason comes around? Remember, we're going to have preseason games this year. All right, come on. We've beaten a dead horse here, so let's go. I want to talk I'm about just a lot saying, of players. If Conner opens the preseason and he's clearly getting lead work in that offense, I think that you would have to change your thinking on him. Heath, give me some more names in the mid-rounds. Uh, I still like Robbie Anderson. I do like Terrace Marshall also, but there's enough room for three wide receivers to have a 1,000 total yards. We've seen that before. And I, last year, they did go away from him, but what it looked like to me was teams treated DJ Moore like the number one wide receiver, so they threw to Robbie Anderson a bunch. Teams treated Robbie Anderson like the number one wide receiver, so they went to Curtis Samuel or DJ Moore. Um, I don't think that Robbie Anderson now playing with his old quarterback playing for his old coach is going to disappear just because they drafted Terrace Marshall. He's his ADP is at the start of round eight. And I actually think that one's probably pretty reasonable. I still believe that he can be a high end number three wide receiver. Well, you mentioned Cortland Sutton. So it looks like Sutton and Anderson, a very similar ADPs. Who would you take? That for me would come down to format. I think I think Sutton has more upside in non PPR, but I do think that Anderson will catch more passes, and I'd rather have him in full PPR. I'm taking Sutton in both. I I think I can probably draft Sutton and still have a chance to draft Anderson with my next pick if I so chose. And I don't disagree with what you're saying about Robbie. And I even like the idea of drafting Robbie and Terrace Marshall. Just to have that little friendship strategy going and I, I to get a that nice chunk of the Adam Azer a shout out in the draft room and he just ignored me. Uh, when? In our most recent draft, yeah, I, wasn't, I said Azer is going there. to love this. I wasn't there. Back to back, I took Robbie Anderson and Terrace Marshall at the seven eight turn. Oh no, I was and, I was uh, yeah. This is why a little early. Like I don't know if I'm ready to take Marshall in round eight. I wasn't actually in the draft room. It was Jamie called me and I made my picks via the phone. Uh, that's why I didn't take Kyler Murray instead of James Scott or, or Lamar Jackson instead of James Scott. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, Dave. You think that's too early? Seven and eight? I think I think round eight is a little too early for Marshall. I think you probably could have tried. And, and listen, I don't think you should ever go into your draft saying, I've got to get the Panthers friendship strategy going. But you, you take uh, Anderson at seven, eight, and then you get another player then. And then you hope Marshall's there in nine, 10 or even 11, 12. Yeah, well, he was 24 picks away from his next pick, so I'm sure that that factored into it. Um, all right, Dave, quarterbacks in this range. Obviously, if if like Lamar Jackson in the draft we did, he went at the very end of round five or first pick of round six, you know, right there. But anyone from that group falls. You took Dak Prescott. That's great. But are there other quarterbacks maybe toward the back end of the mid-round picks, rounds eight or nine, that you'd be looking at? I'm I'm just going to point out all the second-year quarterbacks because I think this is the range that they're going to go in. I think Herbert's going to go much earlier than Burrow and Hurts, but uh, I, I like all three of these guys. Really love the upside for Herbert. Love that the coaching staff has changed there. Not that it was bad last year for Herbert, but I think it could be even better for him. I think he can be more efficient on the same type of passing volume, maybe even a little bit higher. They're saying in LA that they're going to build this offense around him. They didn't do a whole lot to improve the the running backs. They did do a whole lot to protect the offensive line or to upgrade the offensive line to theoretically protect Justin Herbert. And I think that that'll go a long way for him. I think he's got top five potential and you don't have to draft him that way. I also think Joe Burrow's got plenty of potential. The reasons are obvious. They drafted Jamar Chase. They've done some things to improve their offensive line. I don't believe that 
Cincinnati is suddenly going to become a bastion of rushing and that their defense is going to start playing well. So Burrow, Burrow might not be very efficient. I think he's just going to get a ton of volume. And Hurts, on the other hand, I think I actually think I like what the Eagles are doing. They've they've continued to improve their offensive line. All the guys that were hurt last year, they're healthy coming into training camp. They added another piece in Dickerson. Uh, he's an interior offensive lineman. I like him a lot. Devontae Smith, I think, is a huge piece for them because he is a reliable set of hands, a very good route runner, and someone who can improve the uh, completion rate for Jalen Hurts on both short and intermediate throws. And that's the area that I think really matters when a quarterback breaks out. You look at Josh Allen last year. You look at other quarterbacks in the past. Kyler, it helped him. When they get a new receiver and they get less pressure on them and they improve that intermediate accuracy, they, they, they break out. They have a big year. And I think that that's part of the puzzle for Hurts. And uh, obviously, Philadelphia didn't do anything to try and challenge Hurts for that starting role. Joe Flacco is not going to take his job. So I, I think he's worth... I think he's worth taking a chance on if you find yourself waiting a little bit on draft day. And I think it actually makes sense that if you can't get a good value like Dak in round six, Justin Herbert around six or round seven, you kind of take Hertz in round eight. I think he'll make it there. And then you take another quarterback, a blue chip quarterback in rounds 10 plus, whether it's Trevor Lawrence or for this year, I think Matthew Stafford qualifies. And you're rolling your draft with two quarterbacks, hoping that Hurts is the guy. But if he's not, you've got another option in case he stinks. Heath, if you saw two, you won't you won't see Deontay Johnson here. But if you saw Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool available in this range, do you think this is the right time to start taking these Steelers running uh, wide receivers? And uh, you know, look, they the numbers. Um, hold on, this is actually important. So I think it was that stat I gave about James Conner being a top ten running back. In that stretch, Ben Roethlisberger averaged 35 pass attempts per game, and then in the last seven, last eight games, he averaged 45.3 pass attempts per game. So now they've drafted a running back. Does that lower the pass volume for the Steelers? And if you're splitting it almost three ways, fairly equally between these three guys, you know what does that mean for the Steelers' wide receivers? I don't know that we should expect it to be fairly equally. Chase Claypool was quite a ways behind Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster, and we don't know exactly how the offense will change, but I I love taking Juju in this place in a PPR league. But I look at it as if, listen, he's been at 12 yards per attempt or per reception for his career. He was at 8.6 last year. He's going to be better. He might not be backed up to 12. Maybe they're continuing to run an offense that only targets him four yards down the field. But I think you should expect increased efficiency. And he's pretty much been a five to six catch per game guy for his career. So you really shouldn't expect a big drop in his volume. And so I I look at Juju as a bounce back candidate. He probably won't score as many touchdowns he did last year. He had nine. But I definitely expect him to get back over a thousand yards. I think he's a number two wide receiver. And he's one of the guys that makes it easier to go running back heavy early. Okay. Dave, do you kind of gravitate toward Claypool? I do uh, over the Steelers guys in non PPR. He's my second favorite in full PPR because I, I feel like we're not, I'm not at a point where I'm ready to say, well, he's definitely going to be third in targets on the team, but I think that he might be first in number of plays designed specifically for where the coaches are thinking about, it. we've got this giant who can move. Let's put him in positions to make plays, especially inside the red zone. 
And I think he's the one that's got the best chance to lift his numbers from last year. And I don't think that's saying a whole lot because it's going to be hard for Deontay Johnson to do better than he did last year. And Juju, well, he could catch the ball. <laughs> that would be a good start. That's true. <laughs> and Juju had a ton of catches and a ton of touchdowns. His yardage could get better, but I, I, I have a hard time believing that he's going to see the exact same type of target volume and the same type of touchdown production. I think Claypool is the one that can take the biggest step forward. Okay. Why? And I don't, I don't think I don't have a good um, guess on this, but why do you expect Juju's targets to go down and Claypool's to go up? I just, well, one, because I think there'll be more plays designed for Claypool Two, I don't know. Do you, do you really think that they're excited to have Juju back after what happened this off season? They, they had a like, if they were really excited, situation they, and yeah, they, okay. They, like we saw how they treat a player. They were not excited to have back. Uh, James, they changed the locks on James Conner. Right, that's true. <laughs> they did, but they, they were they like, okay, we'll give you a one-year deal to Juju. Like they didn't franchise tag him. They didn't give him a multi-year extension. I thought this was supposed to be the the next great stud receiver in Pittsburgh. It's and they it's ended up getting him back on a discount deal. All the information we have is that he took the third best deal that he had offered to him. Which like, do he, you think that's true? Um, he had the chance. He says he had the I chance to go heart, to Kansas if, City or Baltimore. You think Baltimore? I, I would imagine that Baltimore and Kansas City both offered more than that. Yes. And uh, yeah. you you really think that he chose to take less to catch passes from Roethlisberger? I think his agent told him the cap's going to explode next year. It will be a much easier year to get a long-term deal. Take a one-year deal. Pittsburgh is the place where you have familiarity and you know what your role will be. They throw it okay. 600 times. I also think it's more. You go to, if that is yeah, what you go to Baltimore. It's easy to say no. It. It's easy to say no to Baltimore. I think, I think they have trouble getting wide receivers there because who want, you know, a lot of people don't want to play on a team that doesn't throw, but I, I to point out the targets here, Chase Claypool was a rookie and he, and in, they both played 16 games and Claypool had only 21 or no, only 19 fewer targets than Juju that, and Deontay Johnson blew them both away. He played 15, games he left two of them early and he still had a lot he had 144 targets Claypool 109 Juju 128 that actually to me that's a pretty small gap for Claypool in his rookie season to be only 19 targets away from Juju so that that's I don't know if that's telling but it's interesting and the other thing is that Juju was strictly a slot guy basically like he he's I don't like that they've done that with him they are basically confining him to the slot. Well, whereas I think he used to play inside this, this whole thing and why I don't want to make any two statements that are too declarative, but they're hopefully changing what they did last year. Hopefully. Please. Yeah. Um, they, they've behaved as if they're changing it. Well, they're going to try running the football. That's for sure. That but could the bring the targets down for all these guys. The structure if of Harris the team. is wildly successful and you know he can catch passes. Yeah, that's but, hurt but all three Dave, the structure of the team, does that suggest they've got two other wide receivers now? It, what, it's not just Antonio Brown and Juju and then other guy. You know, it's three guys okay. that they feel. I feel like Juju is going to stay as a slot receiver. And mm-hmm. that is, I think that's really going to cap his abilities, his potential, unfortunately. Not to say he's not a great mid-round pick because he can still be both, right? But yes. um I, I don't like that he's he's like basically strictly a slot guy now. I think that's kind of sucks for him. Well, it certainly does if that's if that slot role is what it was last year. If I mean if it's a an eight a dot as opposed to the five that it was last year, 
and he's averaging 10 and a half yards per catch like a normal slot wide receiver and the volume stays the same, then he's a top 12 PPR wide receiver because he's going to catch 95 passes for 1,100 yards and probably score seven or eight touchdowns. <laughs> that might have been the expectation last year. I have a hard time believing that's going to be the case this year. I really do. Okay, well, those are some of our favorite mid-round picks, and we got more, but we'll save them for another show. And, of course, comment on YouTube, and we'll read yours as well. Uh, We are going to take a break here, and when we come back, we will uh, read your emails and your Apple Podcast questions. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back, everybody. Big, big time in the sports world right now. A lot going on. Heath, what are you, uh, what are you excited about in sports right now? Oh, I am I am so excited about the uh, start of the NBA playoffs. The Knicks are getting ready to puke their way out of the 4-5 matchup, falling to the sixth seed where they're going to lose in the first round, and it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> that, that is probably true. They're probably going to end up playing the Nets in the first round, and that's just going to be horrible. Also, the Royals are on a five-game losing streak. I didn't. I know Heath didn't mention that. They have fallen out of first place, but they still have a better record than the Yankees. Uh, but anyway, there's plenty to follow in sports, and HQ is where you want to be. And CBS Sports, we have a great app for you as well. So make sure you're watching HQ, and make sure you're downloading our app, and you can watch HQ on the app, by the way. But um, it's the best scoring app for your phone. It's where you're going to get breaking news and alerts and stories by us and standing schedules, team pages, all the sportsy digital stuff that you're used to. If a game is airing on CBS, that means you can watch it on the CBS Sports app. So download it, and if it's got the little cloud logo next to it, re-download it and give us a five-star rating because we love those. So thanks so much for downloading the CBS Sports app. And thanks so much for your Apple Podcast questions and reviews. Those are really helpful as well. Five-star review and a question gets you on the show. From Mark's Wells. I have the number three pick, and we'll do emails after this. I have the number three pick in this year's rookie draft. Should I take Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase? I have Jonu Smith, Robert Tunyon, and Irv Smith, and I have a need at quarterback, but it's a super flex tight end premium league, and the quarterbacks are nerfed. Yeah. What does that mean? Doesn't think that I, I think that he is not anticipating being able to acquire a quarterback with a third pick. Nerfed. But I, I think, like, looking at the roster, he's got Mahomes and then Foles as number two quarterback. Those tight ends I don't love, so I would lean towards Pitts. Except, like, first off, it's not Chase. It's Kyle Pitts or 
either Trey Lance or Justin Fields, whichever one does not get selected. Um, I'm probably going Pitts, but not Chase. Nerfed means like weakened. So I think he, I think the scoring, or maybe the yeah. Either way, so nerfed. Hold on, let's see what it says on on Google. Cause to to nerf is to cause to be weak or ineffective. Did you know that? Uh, obviously not. Okay, I didn't. I felt like something that your kids would know. You know, like a video game term. That, or something. I've not heard them say that, but they've they kind of don't say things like that anymore around me because when I hear a new term like that, I just use it constantly <laughs> so they don't like it anymore. <laughs> um, so they've stopped bringing those things into the house. I am going to use nerfed. I swear every show. Once a show until it's not funny anymore. I'm using nerfed. Beginning with beginning on Monday. Schrager, remind me. All right, from Sloop Vic B. A player in our league had Watson and drafted Herbert last year. He traded away Herbert for two first-round picks in this year's draft. His team is ready to win now, but getting up in age. Since Watson's off-the-field stuff, he felt he was in trouble. He traded away... Whew, 1.6, 1.8, and 1.14 for the 101 in this year's draft. He'll be taking Trevor Lawrence. Did he give up too much? Sixth, eighth, and fourteenth. So in this, this year's is a draft one quarterback league. I think so, well, but I don't know. The answer is most certainly. I don't know. What? Well, give me both scenarios. It's super flex or it's not um, super flex. in a. In a one quarterback league, I think he probably just nerfed his team for the next three years. Uh, and the in a two quarterback league, it's close. Um, I could get the trade chart out here and and try to add it up. It's not something that's very easy to do while talking. It's if only we had someone else who could be answering. Dave, what do you think right now? now? Dave had to get up for a few minutes and uh, didn't turn his camera off. So we have an empty chair in front of Dave's helmet. Uh, yeah, even in a two quarterback league, um, nerfed. Okay. Uh, let's get... <laughs> See, this sucks. You're doing to me what you do to your kids. I'm not going to be able to use nerfed because you're going to kill it before I even get a chance. All right, here's a question from uh, Alf878. You've touched on the prime age for running backs and wide receivers in the past. Can you go over those ages again and name some players who will be prime age for this fantasy season? Oh, that's, uh, yeah, okay, that's from that's from Alf878. Okay, um, yeah, oh. so I'm going to try to get... You, you look that up. I'm going to explain something about the prime age thing because I think it's important. It's not like... While it is true that players' best years happen, happen between those ranges, I would use it more for the players that have surpassed those ages that we should begin to worry about and not so much targeting 26 and 27-year-olds. Um, because if it's a 26 or 27-year-old, it's going to be awesome. He's already been awesome, most likely. I don't think 26 or 7 is like when you're expecting the breakout which would be when you would target lesser known 26 and 27 year olds. That's a great point. So it was, it was 26 was the age that had the most top five finishes over the last 10 years at running back and wide receiver uh, for running back. I think it was like age 25 through 28 was the peak. 28 was no, not necessarily the peak, but 28 was the end after 28. You didn't see a lot of top five finishes. Did were there top 10 finishes top six? I don't know. I only looked at top five, uh, but 28 is an age where, you don't want a guy. You don't want a running back. You don't want to depend on a running back after 28, really, I guess I'd say, in your dynasty league. But 26 does appear to be 
over the last decade, the most top five finishes for running backs and wide receivers. So anywhere in the 24 to 28 range, I think you're good. But maybe there's something to it. Maybe 26 is the is going to be the best. So who's 26 this year? Is like Dalvin Cook 26? Well, that's the thing also. Like I can give you the guys that I have as 26, but that is at the beginning of the season. And the thing you're talking about is guys that are going to turn 26 by the end of the season. Um, yeah. But yes, there are a bunch of 26-year-old running backs. Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Ezekiel Elliott, Austin Eckler, um, Kareem Hunt. So that that there's plenty of targets there. I don't think that's quite as common at wide receiver. It seems like there was a little bit of a lull. There's some older guys, and there's a bunch of 24 and 23 year olds. Calvin Ridley is 20, will be or is 26, and Tyler Boyd, but he's already been nerfed by Jamar Chase. Um, <laughs> You're such a jerk. Um, Okay, so, yeah, damn it, I can't find the episode that we talked about this, so I can't find it in my notes, but it's 20, 26 is basically the answer, but there was more to it than that. All right, let's move on here. Uh, from Jay Lee, 12-team half PPR Superflex Dynasty trade question. T. Higgins and 105, or Brandon Ayuk and 109 and a 2022 first? I will take Brandon Ayuk and 109 and a 2022 first. I think I might just it's close. That's an easy one for me. You're taking Ayuk? Yeah. Over who? Oh, look who's back. All right, Dave, here's the trade. It's super flex, doesn't matter. It's half PPR. T. Higgins and 105 or Brandon Ayuk 109 and a 2022 first round pick. The thing is, like yeah. the difference between 105 and 109 is bigger than the difference between Higgins and Ayuk. But the first, I wouldn't do for it sure. if not for the 2022 first round pick. I agree. Yeah. That that is such a game changer. I got to say something, and I feel bad about this. Um, we were asked last week, or just before the draft, we were asked about this draft class versus last draft class, or next year's draft class. Sorry, my theory was that you had these three stud wide receivers that had such huge potential. You had Kyle Pitts that this was the draft class that you wanted to be in and that it, it was a, supposed to be a deep class. Uh, I think I was I'm probably very wrong about that. Running back ended up being worse than we thought. These wide receivers ended up being drafted on spots we didn't really want them to go to. Um, and next year, what I had just recently read was that because so many players were given an extra year of eligibility because of COVID and took advantage of it, that next year's draft class might actually be pretty damn loaded. Um, so I don't know that the quarterback, I don't know. I don't think there's a Trevor Lawrence prospect. I mean, I doubt there is, but I think next year is going to be a lot better than this year or better. Let's just say that. I just wonder, is it, is it going to contend? Cause this year's class was old. Um, next year's will be next old. Year, yeah. Next year is going to be even older. Probably so for dynasty purposes. We're not going to like them quite as much. Probably. Maybe, but I, maybe part but of the, the problem with the running backs this year is that, the guys from last year are still younger, some of them. Yep. And this, let's be real. This class had, you know, awesome quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, a guy that, like, we, we loved him so much as a prospect. Like, we haven't seen anybody like him in years and years and years. Pitts, we've never seen a tight end like that before. The receivers at the very top of this class, I mean, they're, they're awesome. I think the running backs is where you can definitely see better options next year than this year. All right, a question from Not Bamba. 
I have the 10th pick in a rookie draft. Should I move up to six? He gives his roster here. I'm not going to read it all, but is there that much of a difference between 10 and six? Yes. Yeah, there really is. Mm-hmm. Okay, try to move up. From Josh Allen in shorts. I have uh, This question is from... Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, I read it wrong. It is from Josh Allen in shorts. I have picks 1.3, 1.10, 1. 1. 2.3, and 206. Do I trade up? He has 1.3. Do I trade up to 101 or 102 to secure Harris or ETN? Or take the better players and chase or pits at 103? I have no running backs. My receiving core could use depth, but I have Julio, Judy, and Emmanuel Sanders. Yikes. It's so interesting, the different perceptions about how rookie drafts are going to go. Like, in most of the rookie drafts I've been in so far, Chase and Pitts are the first two picks. And Harris and ATN are both there at number three. Um, So I would want, first off, to be very certain about how, before doing that, I would need to know who people are planning on taking. But I'm mostly just staying at three. It depends on what the cost is. If I got to give up, he had 103 and 106. Yep. If I got to give up both of those to move up to 101, I'm not going to do it. If it's something much, much less, then I would consider it just to control my own destiny. But I I think if if I had this guy's team, even though I'm weak at running back, I'd still be thrilled to have Chase or Pitts or Harris at three. Or ETN if you really just absolutely have to hammer the running back position. I think everyone's going to hate this question, so I'm looking forward to asking it. What percentage (laughs) chance would you give the smartest, and we're not going to say who it is, the smartest football, fantasy football guy in the world of correctly choosing between Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, and Najee Harris, who will be the most valuable for fantasy football in the next five years? (laughs) I think the smartest person would say that Chase is most likely to be that guy. Right. No, no, I agree. 33%. He's, he's most likely. 33. What's his 33. Being right. 33%. Per- I'd say 33%. Yeah. I'm, I might give him I'd like go 30, a little higher. Yeah. 38%. Yeah. 33% would be just rolling the dice. Um, so I'd, I'd give him like 38 to 40. Like, but that's the thing. Like, what are you going to give up to move from a no, 30% chance of having the best of the three to a 40% chance. Don't do it, but if you want to make a trade, you've got 110, 203, and 206. If you can package two of those picks to get up to five or six, that would be a better option for your team to keep picks. 103. So I bet the guy no. with six would give him six for for 10 and 203, right? What? I thought he had six. He has three. So did I. No, he has picks three, ten, three and 10 in round one and three and six in round two. Oh, Okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. I would give up 10 and both the twos to get to five or six. <laughs> wow, what if he gets Harris and ETN? Okay, guys, let's go to our emails here from Daniel from the beautiful Seattle, Washington. Hello, gentlemen. Uh, I Hi, have a su- Daniel. Hey, I have a suggestion. The PPR and non-PPR ranks make sense for wide receiver, running back, and tight end, but don't impact the quarterbacks at all. Would it be possible to have six point per passing touchdown and four point per passing touchdown be the two options for differing quarterback ranks? That's a it's a brilliant idea, Daniel. A lot we've of, a lot of work. We, we've considered it before. Like I read that and I was like, "Damn, Daniel." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I think it would be fantastic. That that's something that I think we'd have to talk about. Like, how would that lay out? How would that look? Because I don't know if we've necessarily got the 
we we could do it. I don't know how, I don't know. I'm my brain's kind of like on overload thinking about how people would go. Like the pull downs would have to change. Like the, these are all cosmetic things that could be done. Yeah. What would have to happen was when you change to the quarterback pull down, it would go to a different whole. Right. Page, it wouldn't be PPR, not PPR. Rankings part. And the PPR, non PPR would change to a four and a six. Um, and then when you go to a different position, it would go back to PPR or non PPR. I think could, it could be done. You could give me 25 years and I would never figure out how to do that. But it right. seems like there are people that could do it. Yeah. yeah. We know people who could do that. We'll run it past them, Daniel. In fact, I'm going to take your exact email and pass it along. Yeah. Here's the thing. Just know that if you're in a four-point per passing touchdown league and it's full PPR, in my opinion, quarterback value is definitely nerfed in that format. Uh, this is from <laughs> this is from Sick, <laughs> Sick Willie. He says, hey, Rick, Bobby, and Brad. Those are guys in last place in the Palm Beach League. Trolling. All right. 16 team, full PPR, two keepers, and we're adding two additional keepers. So four total. I have Barkley and Chubb. I have picks 101, 112, 26, 28, 216, and 301. Holy okay. moly. What can I trade up with the second round picks? What can I trade up to with the second round picks, which again are 26, 28, 216, and 301? Um, or if I gave up 112 and 2.6, what would you what would you be looking to get? Um can I, Dave, would you want to like speculate and I will try to look up what I, but like, I don't, yeah, I'll look it up. I don't know what the hell you just asked me, but I'll forgive you for it. If you send some of those wings, you're smoking my way. Just, just answer the question as I think is what he was trying to say. How, how high can you move up from 112 if you give two six? This is a regular draft, not a real No, no, draft. he doesn't. He wants to keep 112. He wants to give up his second round picks. Which are two six two eight and two sixteen plus he has three oh one, so it's basically the same, you know, four picks in that range. I would imagine there's somebody in the league that would love to have those three second round picks and they would give up a first round pick and other picks later on. I think you could probably get as high as like sixth overall. Okay. I think that the I well, listen, this is a keeper league and he's got Saquon and Chubb how many stud running backs are actually going to be available for drafting wherever that cutoff is that very next pick is where i think you'll be able to trade up to i i've got 112 and 26 being worth 18 all right let's go to our next question it's from eric eric in detroit i'm in a 10 team standard scoring league the player pick number one, or picking number one, has already said he's going with Derrick Henry. He had Christian McCaffrey last year, and evidently he's sour about it. Should I not oh. overthink this and go with Christian McCaffrey, even in standard scoring? And what would your dream picks be at the 2-3 turn for me, having the number two overall pick? The dream picks at 2-3 would be one, of the, one, of, one tight end from Waller or Kittle and the best available running back. And if there's only one tight end left when you're picking, if it's either Waller or Kittle when you're up in round two, you take that tight end then, and then you come back with the running back in round three. If both tight ends are there when you're up in round two, take the running back first and then take your favorite tight end from those two in round three. Um, my dream two, three turn would be Swift and A.J. Brown. Even in, like non, a, even in non-PPR? Right. Like in non-PPR, I don't know how dreamy that is. I, I think A.J. Brown's, I've got A.J. Brown number three at wide receiver in non-PPR. 
Yeah, and yeah. Brown isn't the one I have a problem with. It's Swift. I think yeah, his value I, drops I, a little bit. Right, but in a non-PPR league at pick 24, you're on running back 18 by then. So it's pick 23, and we didn't answer the first question. Would you take McCaffrey second? Yeah, oh, for sure. Yes, that's why that's we didn't answer Mega it. easy. Take McCaffrey. Would you give any thought, since it's a non-PPR league, and going with Mahomes over one of those tight ends? Yes. No. <laughs> I would. I would take him over both the tight ends. I would not. Supply and demand. I want to have that stud tight end. I'm going to get an advantage in my lineup. I can find a quarterback that can put up good numbers uh, with my fourth-round pick if I wanted to. Next email. This is from Bill in a town in the Pacific Northwest. Tacoma. Hey, Lauren, Nando, Ben, and Adam. Are those former CBS hosts? Almost, yeah. You hope. He said, P.S., Adam, you made the list because you did announce you were leaving briefly even though you ended up getting to stay. That is true. <laughs> that is fun I fact. That. Yeah, I remember it well. Thank God I was able to stay. Pick three in a salary cap league with a $200 budget. You start one running back two wide receivers, and three flexes. So you could start up to four running backs and up to up to five wide receivers and one tight end. Kamara for $21. This is a $200 budget. Kamara for $21. Michael Thomas for $31. Dak Prescott for 5 Clyde Edwards-Dealer for 9 Antonio Gibson for 21 Godwin for 38 And Mike Davis for 5 There's two that are obvious. Camara for 21 is obvious, and Dak for five is obvious. I was going to say Clyde for nine is obvious. I, I think he's. I think he might be the next best one. You're just going to go into your, your salary cap draft with three excellent bargains already on your team, and that'll allow you to splurge a little bit on the receivers you really, really want. Great. Next email is from Danny. From? Danny is from Pensacola, Florida. It's one of your favorites. Dynasty PPR League. <laughs> Should I trade in my dynasty PPR league? Should I trade 111 and 113 for AJ Brown? I can keep AJ Brown for three years and the rookies for five. I think that's a yay. I think it's a yes. If it was a true dynasty league, then this would be rookie picks and it would be easy. But if you can only keep players for a certain amount of time, then that suggests there might be some players available in this draft besides rookies. I'm actually in a league that's. That's like this. I think we have one, three, and five-year contracts, and then we get to franchise some players and stuff like that. Cool. There is... Sounds like a lot of work. No, it's, it's, it's fun. Why not just make it a true dynasty league and you just keep them forever? Why keep her for this long? Unless you do this and then do that. Mm, too well, many... La- look, two, like, two years like ago... all those rules are kind of nerfing the fun of fantasy football for days. <laughs> right, right. Two years... Two years ago, uh, yeah, two years ago, I lost in the finals by a quarter of a point, really? and I, uh, I had... Oh, that sucks, Adam. Yeah, Is that uh, really... Yeah. Three or four... Tell me more about your fantasy team. Three or four uh, players who were in their final years of their contract, and I lost all oh, of them. wow. Yeah. It had to have been upsetting. Why is you doing this? Why are you, I'm you saying this, this is adds the... What the hell? Is adds the strategy. Lead. I went for it. And I lost, and then I lost all my good players. Um, yeah. So in well, my at least you league, have the integrity to not quit the league. I'm proud of you for that. In my league, there are probably not 13 good players. Adam, so is I Dan, is Danny in your league? Well, I'm saying what the. F- <laughs> all right, forget it. Hold on. Are these these are not dynasty picks? 
Because he starts the email off with know. Dynasty. So these are not rookie-only picks. They might be. I have a rookie-only draft in my league, and then I have a separate free agent veteran draft. Yeah, you know what? Make the trade. Just make the damn trade. I'm really upset right now. You've totally nerfed this show for me, and I used that wrong. You want to take a break? No. From, Heath and I will answer some emails. From Nate, conceived in a small town in Wyoming. Conceived there, Dave. Pensacola, Wyoming. <laughs> Dear Plexico, Victor, Amadi, Kenny, Darius, Sterling, and Kadarius. Those are dancers in a Broadway show of cats. I'm in a 12-team, two-quarterback, tight end premium startup league. I have pick 102. I have Waller, Ebron, and Hurst. And I have Wilson and Ryan at quarterback. Who do I pick at two in the rookie draft? Take a QB or assuming Lawrence is number one or take Kyle Pitts or make a trade. What I was saying is that it's not actually Cats, the Broadway show. It's a Broadway show just with cats. And those are the names of the cats. I see. Yeah. Thank you. I have t- I just bought tickets. They're reopening Broadway in September. I bought tickets to the show. That sounds like you. Anyway, he's got Waller, Ebron, and Hurst. And he's got Wilson and Ryan. It's two QBs. It's also tight end premium. Lawrence is off the board. Who do you take at two? Pitts. Mm. <laughs> nice. Yeah. 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 Man, I I hate to do that. Like I really uh, want to say Chase. Mm. <laughs> I might see what I could get for it. Ah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Let's, it's funny, but a little uncomfortable. Let's read from Ron in Ontario. Greetings, Sean, Gus, Lassiter, and Henry. For such an average show, Psych really does get a lot of love from our emailers here. I'd like to tell you now for the next five minutes about how I used to watch Psych and uh, my experience with the TV show. I have a strategy question for my standard scoring 12 team dynasty league. I have pick 108 in the rookie-only draft. I don't have a second-round pick because I traded it away. What do you think of the idea of offering DeAndre Hopkins and next year's second-round pick to try to move up and grab Jamar Chase? Love it. Hopkins and 1.08 for Chase? No, Hopkins and next year's second-rounder. He's keeping 108, but keeping... I don't know if that's going to get accepted. I don't know if that's enough. Somebody's going to be enticed for that. I don't, well, don't see it, it depends. Um, you know how good you're giving DeAndre 108, Hopkins DeAndre Hopkins, and a second next year. No, but wait, I, he's not giving up 108. No, it's just, he's Hopkins, just giving up Hopkins in the second. I in think. the second, um, I don't think anybody's going to accept that for Chase. Well, I would accept that if I had a great team because I think Hopkins is going to be help me win a t- championship this year over Chase. Yeah, Chase um, is going to help you win championships many years, but the team that has 101 probably doesn't have a great team. <laughs> And they're still not if they're trading out a 101 for DeAndre Hopkins in a second next year. You know, Hopkins isn't really that old. I, I could see him having three to four very good years sure. left. I think he could have like two really good years and then two more that are pretty good. I, I have Chase and Hopkins pretty close. He'll be in 29 this rankings? year. Yeah. Who's higher? Chase. That's what I thought. But it's only like 10% difference in value. I guess the second's probably not enough to make up for that. Chase and Pitts better live up to the hype because people are passing up. Uh, yeah, people are definitely drafting them right at the top. We've said it over and over again. <laughs> I think you might have nerfed that sentence. Why? They are. They are. They're really 
drafting them. <laughs> drafting right them the right at the top. <laughs> right at the top. <laughs> of their drafts. What planet am I living on today? What am I saying? What am I doing? That is so wrong. I don't understand. All right, Dave, where's Danny from? Pensacola, what state? <laughs> He's from, what's another one that I always give all the time? Let's go with Grand Rapids, Michigan. 10-team Superflex Dynasty League points per completion. I worked my roster, so I now have the first overall pick and the ninth pick in our rookie draft. Uh, Burrow and Hertz are my two quarterbacks. My receivers are, they could use help, Pittman, Higgins, and Thielen, and I'm stacked at running back. So at 101, should I take Najee Harris or maybe hope one of the big three receivers falls? to... No, they're not going to fall to you at nine. No well, chance. It's super flex, like, but... Actually, actually, it might happen. Real, I've seen it happen in two, two super flex leagues already where Waddle or Smith or both were there at nine. So I could see it. Well, you didn't tell us about your tight end, which is an important piece of information in this draft. Yeah, because people are taking pits right at the top. Right at the top. Um, <laughs> I, I really hope it works out for him because people are just... Take him at the top. Uh, I'd take Chase. Uh, I agree. Okay. Taking him at, I have to Google this and make sure I'm not saying something that's in Urban Dictionary that I don't... Did I screw up? Did I do something really? Oh, my God. All right. Uh, I think maybe I did say something wrong. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I kind of did. Okay. Well, that's Urban Dictionary. Just um, turns everything into something sick. Anyway, Keith, thanks for making me self-conscious. Yep. Dave, thanks for the trip to Pensacola. Anytime. And thank all of you for listening and for watching on YouTube. Have a great weekend. We've got guests coming on next week. We're going to be talking Dynasty next week. It's going to be awesome. And uh, the schedule's coming out next week, right, Ben? Next week, 8 p.m. Eastern. Schedule comes out on Wednesday. So we'll be talking about that next week as well. Fun times. Uh, bye. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.